listener production. Hi and welcome to Broadsheet Sydney Around Town's Summer Hotline. We're giving some of our friends a buzz to find out how these well-known Sydney-siders are spending their summer break. That's if they get a break at all. We're finding out what they're planning to cook, read, watch, drink and do over the hot days and balmy nights ahead of us. Former 7.30 host Lee Sales is known for staying cool, calm and collected when she's grilling politicians or conversing with co-host Annabelle Crabb on their podcast Chat 10 Looks 3. But today we're hearing another side to the ABC journal, including the Christmas movies she rates and the stack of paperbacks she has pegged for her summer holiday read. Hi Lee, it's Emma from Broadsheets. <laughs> We're giving you a quick call because we'd love to hear about how you're planning to spend your time this summer. So you've been in Canberra with Annabelle Crabb for a live recording of Chat 10 Looks 3. Were they a really good audience? Yeah. Oh, absolutely fantastic. Canberra is just such our um, audience because it's just all nerdy book readers like us. So <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> and of all the places you've been and taken this on a live show... Uh, where has been kind of the most entertaining or where do you feel like the audience has, has just really got you? Every location is fun and different in its own way. I always love it when we go somewhere that we don't go every year. So we went to Hobart this year and we hadn't been to Hobart since before COVID. And so everyone's always happy to see us and it's just a very, very warm response. And so I always really enjoy those shows that get us, you know, out of Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Canberra. I really enjoyed listening to the one uh, recorded in Ubud where you've got all of this kind of side conversation about a couple who are kind of making out on the plane. <laughs> Actually, Ubud, I forgot about Ubud. Oh, that was quite the experience going to the Ubud Writers Festival. That was absolutely wonderful. And it gave us an excuse to talk about holiday reads and the kind of books that we enjoy reading, you know, when we're actually getting a proper break. Exactly. One of the things that stressed me out, maybe listening to it, is how many books you and Annabelle are taking away with you. And also, on, <laughs> you know, which ones are paperback and which ones are on devices. Well, I, I live in fear of running out of reading material. So I always err on the side of having too many. And luckily now with a Kindle, you can just download a million. So I download a heap of samples usually of things that I'm going to take. So I'd say I've got about seven or eight samples sitting there queued up. But then I also save things that I'm looking forward to reading, um, you know, that I think will be a great holiday read. So I just put them aside and wait. So I've got Dolly Alderton's new book good material sitting there that I've been waiting to go with I've got the year of the locust by Terry Hayes sitting there and I've just been holding on to it for holidays Tom Lake by Ann Patchett so I tend to stockpile things that I'm really looking forward to that new Barbara Streisand memoir because that looks like an awesome holiday read I've got the the book three and book four in the Thursday murder club series so yeah I am I am well ready to go you really are do you get a lot of downtime at this time of year Oh, yes and no. I mean, my kids are still of an age where they need kind of supervision. So I can't just, you know, lock myself in my bedroom for hours at a time reading, which is, you know, what I'd like to do. Um, but yeah, you kind of get a, a bit in because they're, you know, they'll be swimming in the pool or whatever and I can get to read. And then also um, they go with their dad for a couple of weeks. And so then I do get a bit of time to myself. So yeah, I, I generally, you know, I'd be quite happy to just sit around binge watching TV and reading books all day. 
today. I think so would I. Uh, I'm not going to get that either this year, just as a heads up. Um, do you have any holiday traditions that you like to do either with your boys or, or on your own? Um, not really. I mean, I guess um, usually we go home to Queensland for part of it because my family's all up there. So that, I guess, is a tradition. But um, no, there's nothing in particular. I mean, the kids kind of, they love putting up the Christmas tree. I, I must admit I don't particularly enjoy that because I hate having to take it down. They're very enthusiastic <laughs> to put it up and much less enthusiastic to help with the putting of it down. Do you have a favourite place in and around Sydney where you like to swim? I would say Bronte is my favourite beach in Sydney, but I also I love the Dawn Fraser baths, but I prefer them by myself without the kids because they're just so peaceful and quiet, and so I like to just sort of plonk in down there. Um, but, I mean, I just think Bronte is so beautiful. I love the ocean pool. I love the beach. I love walking from Bronte to Tamar or from Bronte to um, Bondi. So, yeah, Bronte, if I was going to go to the beach for the day, Bronte would be my go-to. It's hard to go past Balmoral with the kids because it's so peaceful, but, um, well, by peaceful, I mean the water. It's, it's massively busy all the time. <laughs> Got to get over there super early. I feel like if you're not at Balmoral by 8am, it's too late. You've left your run too late. Do you have a bushwalk or somewhere in and around Sydney where you like to just get out into nature for the day? Not really. I tend to, if I'm going to go for a walk, I will always do a beach walk. I will always do the Bronte to Bondi. Um, so that would be my go-to, absolute go-to Sydney walk. But again, I just prefer to do it super early to try to avoid the absolute hordes that are always on that walk with me. And the heat and the sun, its it can be a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. What are you planning to eat on Christmas Day? Oh, so I'm having Christmas Day with friends this year, and so my friend who's organised it is is she's a very organised person, and so she's got a sort of list of radio. Here's what everybody's responsible for. Um, now I know my children are responsible for cheese and snacks, <laughs> but I cannot remember now what I was responsible for. I'm just looking it up actually while I talk to you to see what I'm, I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, dessert. Fantastic. Okay. So I'll do, I'll probably do some sort of summer trifle or something, I think actually for that. Um, and then we'll have like, a, I think the plan's for like a roast basically. So we're having a bit of a traditional thing, but we'll have prawns as well. But I'm super happy actually that dessert's my, my task. In your summer trifle, do you go for lots and lots of layers? Do you have a particular fruit that you'd like to leave my favourite trifle actually is this one that I've kind of bastardised a bit out of Guillaume Brahimi's um, book. It's pistachio and raspberry. His is done properly, of course, with, you know, doing the jelly from scratch by, by juicing the raspberries, whereas I tend to cheat a bit and just sort of add layers of stuff that aren't in his, his recipe. That's got about six layers, I think. It's got two different layers of pistachio sponge and raspberry jelly and creme patisserie and it's really, really a d delicious trifle. And like, like all trifles, it benefits from doing it about three days ahead so it gets to know itself in the fridge for a while. Um, but then I'll also do sort of really super easy ones where you just – I kind of just make it up as I go along, to be honest, where I'll have a layer of some kind of jelly and then for some are usually mango and passion fruit. I've got some roasted coconut – <clears throat> excuse me at the moment. So I might sprinkle a bit of roasted coconut on top this year. So that might influence what I put in the fruit layer. I might go for 
if I might have a stab at like seeing if I could invent like lychee jelly or something, that might be a possibility because you could sort of strain up, strain lychees pretty well and add a few gold gelatin leaves, I think, and then that would go well with the roast coconut. So I might, I might have a bit of an experiment. I love that. I love that it's kind of raiding what you already have in the fridge and then seeing what works. And now yeah, I'm gonna, exactly. every time I see a lychee, I'm going to wonder whether or not you went ahead <laughs> <laughs> with the lychee variation. Do you have a hangover cure if you're kind of celebrating hard on, on Christmas Day or New Year's Day? Do you know what? I tend to think that I suffer more because usually if you're drinking, it means you've been staying up late. And I feel like it's almost the sleep kind of that's the issue if I've, if I've had too much to drink. So the main thing I think is if I'm having a big night to make sure that I've got the option for a big sleep in and nothing planned the next day. But I mean, obviously a heap of, of water helps. I'd like to say, you know, my method is to not overdo it in the first place, but like everybody, I just overdo it in the first place. I can't, can't help but have fun. Um, but yeah, a big sleep in and a lot of water would be my usual go-to. Sleep is absolutely the cure. <laughs> Same for me. As you are a podcast host and you've got so many things on your plate right now, including reading like seven or eight books over summer, do you have time to listen to podcasts by other people? Uh, I'm not a massive podcast listener, but I will, I do sometimes at the gym. So actually at the moment I've found one that I really like, which has only just started. There's only a couple of episodes um, there. It's called The Rest is Entertainment and it's Marina Hyde and Richard Osman talking about whatever they've been watching or reading. So it's a bit like Chat 10 actually. And I just find both of those people so funny and entertaining. So I like their company. Usually for me what I'm looking for in a podcast is people who's company I'm enjoying. So they're fantastic. I I did enjoy one this year called Normal Gossip, which is, it's, I think it's such a fantastic premise. The woman got the idea during COVID because she was feeling bored and she was thinking, what is it that I'm, you know, missing? And she decided it wasn't celebrity gossip. It's when you're just catching up with your friends and they go, oh my God, you wouldn't believe it. My friend, Greg, his sister, blah, 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 insert hilarious story here. Um, and so it's, so she basically every week has someone on who tells a hilarious story of something that happened to someone that they know. And it's so fantastic because obviously the kind of stories that stick in your head, if they're one degree removed, they're usually good stories. And so it's just normal gossip. So it's about weird things or crazy adventures that have happened to people that, you know, it's someone that, you know, or someone who one of your friends knows or something like that. Anyway, it's funny and it's very, the stories are always great. I love that. Um, I, I'm going to have to download and listen because it's been on my listen list for a while as well. Yeah, it's good. I recommend it. Do you have any Christmas movies that you like to watch? My absolute favourite's Die Hard uh, <laughs> because I just Great love, I love absolutely everything about Die Hard. It's one of my favourite films and I just think Alan Rickman is so superb, but I love everything about that film. I also adore Home Alone. I, I hadn't seen Home Alone for years and then I rewatched it with my kids and I just think that it is, when I rewatched it, I just thought, wow, I can see why Macaulay Culkin immediately became a global superstar because he is so adorable and the film itself is just so funny and clever and great. So I love Home Alone and also I am a massive Hugh Grant tragic, so I do like Love Actually as well. So, um, yeah, a very, very cliched Christmas film choices. It's a Wonderful Life it's one of my favourite films too. So I'm really ticking all the boxes for Christmas film cliches, but I just love all those. 
Well, I love Home Alone. It leaves me in it leaves me in pieces. It shouldn't be a film that that makes you cry, but it makes me cry every time I watch Home Alone. I, I hardcore agree, and um, it's just I don't know. Don't you just think he's adorable? He's just so gorgeous and such a cute little kid. It's just fantastic. Yeah, I don't know why I kind of gloss over all of the slapstick part and the all the fun elements of it, and I just purely go to this this tragedy and trauma of being abandoned and also <laughs> abandoning your child. Uh, but and for me, those ones home. really cut deep. <laughs> <laughs> when the mum comes home at the end, she's finally made it. Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to think of you next time I have one of those Christmas movies on as well. Did you see that ad Macaulay Culkin did recently where he reprises that he's, he's home alone on Christmas, but it's grown up, Kevin? No, I didn't. <laughs> uh, Google Google Macaulay Culkin, Culkin ad for Home Alone, and it should come up straight away. It's kind of it, it's kind of um, I don't know. It's it's funny. It's not brilliant, but it is. It, as a fan of Home Alone, you look at it and you go, "Oh, that's great." Lee Sales, thank you for talking to us. No worries. Hope that was useful. 